Good evening from Los Angeles, ladies, gentlemen, people that don't give a fuck. I am Holiday Kirk, and currently the new metal agenda is on. What do you call it when you're in between seasons? Would that be hiatus or something else? It's a hiatus. That counts as hiatus. Currently, new metal mm-hmm. agenda is on hiatus. But we got stories that still need to be told, frankly. You can't let these opportunities slip by. So today, I would like for everyone to please welcome Parker. Just It's not mononymical. Parker Simmons, everybody. Yes. Hi. Yay. Applause. Everyone's going to cheer. Maybe not. They're going to say who? But hi, I'm here. Parker Simmons. I'm clapping. It's me. I could, I could throw in a, cla- a cheer sound effect during editing if you'd like. You should but- throw in the yay that they do for Dendy on OKKO. Okay, Any oh, fans? Yeah. Going deep. So I'm going to I'm go. gonna be real. Yeah. Born and raised a, a network TV child. Never mm-hmm. had cable for a minute mm-hmm. of my life, including today. So I'm behind on this. I'm not up on the OKKO OK lore. It does mm-hmm. seem to be. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but what mm-hmm. I remember happening was there was a controversy about the show not just getting canceled, but also coming off of all streaming. Well, yeah, and I, I can relate to that as creator of my own show, uh, Mama Here's a Pure Heart. Uh, we had a similar situation in terms of just being ripped off of you know hbmx you know you know streaming same thing happened to ko same thing happened to i think infinity train and victor and valentino a lot of shows why frankly i don't know nobody's you know, really told us anything it just seems to like it seems to have been maybe a cost saving measure but i'm like what cost our writers are not covered by the wga there's no like we ain't big, there's there's no yeah there's no big nasty re- residuals you know, voice actors get residuals, but it's like uh, it, it's chump change, dude. So unless they're playing you, you know, 24-7 on the network. So I couldn't say why. If I had to guess, oddly, the fact that they're relaunching as just Max, Max which watch, is which makes no sense because now it's even broader. But watch them put everything back. That would be, I, you know, what? So, I'll take it. You know, what? Know. No, let's back up a little bit. Let's back up. A little. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So today sure. we are talking about the. Former Cartoon Network series, OKKO, okay, mm-hmm. Let's Be Heroes. Mm-hmm. If you could do me a solid and give the people at home a quick rundown of the show, and then we'll get into Oh, it. easy. So OKKO, okay, Let's Be Heroes, created by Ian Jones Cordy, a you know, legend of of animation who before this had worked on Steven Universe and Adventure Time and a host of other things, you know, finally got a chance to make his own show and he wanted to make something uh equal parts, you know explosive action but also just really really lighthearted and funny he drew on his past uh growing up in like uh you know the northeast and hanging out at you know bodegas all day hanging out with his brother playing laundromat arcade games and those sort of innocent times he wanted to really capture in a show about a world full of heroes so my hero academia but way more silly if that if that helps you they don't go to school they hang out at a bodega I'll tell you what, what I even in the tiny, tiny amount of this show that I've actually seen, which is this full episode that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and just assorted clips on YouTube. I get that. I get that feeling of it, it's it is like Adventure Time come down to earth just in the bit yes. that I see. Like it's, it's got the same it's got the same fantastical elements to it. But the, the characters, when they talk to each other, you get a more of like, a, OK, these are these like real people. Yeah, it's kind of like a there's kind of a weird intersection of regular show and Adventure Time. So if you're on, if there were like a spectrum of I really like Adventure Time and I really like regular show, you can meet in the middle and watch OKKO. OK if I just described your home life 
and and you're what you're like as partners to each other. I just got your viewing lined up for the Kids. next month or so. Kids, cover your ears real quick. If Adventure Time is for the mushroom takers, OKKO <laughs> is for the weed smokers. Oh, that's absolutely accurate. Yeah. Although I do not speak on behalf of any corporate entity. No. <laughs> Nor it's do I HBO. encourage drugs of any kind. So what we're talking about today is specifically the episode of OKKO called Know Your Mom. Which it's is, a Mother's Day episode, and Mother's Day is coming up too. So, oh, great! So now I got to turn this episode around really fast. It's <laughs> awesome. Maybe we could watch this on stream. Uh, I've got something to say on that subject too. It is not a mistake that this is a Mother's Day and a new metal episode. Those two things are very deeply connected. Really? Yes, yes. And we can we can get into it now, or we could. No, we no, can no. Like, uh, hold on. I need to. I need to talk about this keep real going. quick because first things first. <laughs> this episode does a lot of things that okay so first of all this episode aired in 2017 mm -hmm. this might be tough for people to remember new metal 2017 still a total joke still mm -hmm. denigrated spat upon remembered as a mistake very cringe <laughs> and this appearance that jonathan davis makes in this episode is very respectful it's very well written and it's very carefully done someone yes or everyone on the team loves this music it, it has yes. to be. Yes. Well, I can I can speak or appreciates my, it or grew up with it. Yes. I could speak for myself only because my my board partner at the time on that episode, uh a good deal younger than me, although I think she was very familiar with all this music for sure. But I was absolutely the target demo for this music. So me and my friends were blasting uh Limp Biscuit and committing unspeakable atrocities uh <laughs> while listening to that and corn and God, system of a down seven dust you name it like if it had that vibe we were listening to it and we loved it and i think you know my partner grew up in the era where new metal was at least a little more ingrained and what she was you know grew up in the amv era you know what i mean where people yeah. are cutting anime clips to this music that was still you know still my time too but like i think that's where our intersection was you know i lit this was literally the music of you know, me and my pals growing up. And I think for her, it was like the music of a kind of internet subculture. So we both had a different kind of, I, again, I can't really speak for her on that, but that's my understanding. So I think that's where our intersection was. And so we both had a, a fondness, a fondness for it, for sure. And in terms of, you know, treating it like a joke or not, there definitely was a line in the outline and this is something i want to talk about too if you, if you don't mind but in the original outline i just want to say this there's in the original outline and a you know in a board driven show there's no scripts they give us an right. outline and, and speaking of which your responsibility yeah. on this show was storyboarding and writing so me and my partner on this we both take a section or sections we write it and storyboard it based on an outline that is written by separate writers and what they do is you know they come up with a story so if you ever watch a movie and it says story by and then screenplay by we're the screenplay people story is somebody else you know like, so think tim burton and nightmare before christmas and then the screenplay is you know by some other folks it's that type of thing so we get like three pages detailing the story and when we did um when we were you know sort of breaking the story in the room with the writers and they were pitching it to us and saying hey here's what you're going to go and storyboard and write nothing about new metal in it all it said was that KO is convinced by Brandon and a real magic skeleton who were the two guys in the store who, who sort of mess with him 
They get in his head and convince him that he needs to give his mom one last fight with an old rival. That's the episode pitch, right? And it just said an old-timey lame villain from 6 to 11 years ago. And I think they kind of pitched it as like a 23 skidoo, like 1920s fucking pimp or some shit, like twirling a wallet chain. And I think eventually we did, they did that sort of thing with another character as a gag, but it just didn't, it didn't make sense because we were like, guys, you know, that old now is like the aughts, like the two thousands. And they're like, what the hell? So at some point, I think it was also like, maybe we can do a musical thing. Is it funk? Is it this? And, and I cannot remember. So it sounds said, like it started out as something like kind of like a Scooby-Doo villain type. Yeah. Well, just creature. There wasn't much thought into it. It just needed to appear outdated. That was the point. So if it's if she if it's from her era as a hero and that was a long time ago, what kind of gag do you do about villains from a long time ago? And if you're so ingrained in cartoons and cartoon culture, like, oh, okay, we're doing a, a funk gag or whatever, or the 50s. But if we had to stop and say, guys, no, we are the 30 year olds now. Yeah, we're grown ass adults. What's what's old to children? And somebody definitely wasn't me. I cannot remember who said it, but somebody was like, you know, new metal. And I went, that's hilarious. I was like, that's fantastic because I hadn't even thought about it. But I'm like, yeah, if you think about what was playing on, you know, the oldie stations when we were growing up, this should be on those. That's how long ago it was. They are. I just had someone on Twitter ask me, someone, someone added me and was like, it was like, they're playing. Bring me to life on this oldie station. Can you believe that? And I said, I just, I said, yes. And, and I, yes, I can, I want to say that that it's not a weird, like, you know, millennials don't understand getting old. It's not that it's that as we've grown older, the oldie stations never changed. They just kept playing shit from the sixties. So it yeah, would be the eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the sixties, yeah. the nineties, they're playing shit from the sixties. It was the odds. They were playing shit from the 60s. It was 2010s. They're playing shit from the 60s. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> they're playing stuff from the I, 90s. I very, much was do remember, I very much do remember, though, as we moved into like the halfway point of the 10s, mm-hmm. it started to be like, huh. Here's a little Pumpkins. Nirvana. Yeah. Oh. The grunge era. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, oh, okay. Oh. We're playing Mr. Mom on Turner Classic Movies, and you go, the fuck you are. That's, you turn that, is, that off. You turn that off right now when you put on some black and white movie. <laughs> that is a funny observation, though, because when you talk about oldies stations, as we when we were growing up, the only '80s things I can remember being on there was U2. Like I can't, mm. I don't remember them playing like The Cure or even the Eagles. They'd be yeah. playing the Eagles. They're not playing New Wave. So that got brought up. Uh, the idea of new metal, and so immediately we all start launching into. I, I don't know. You know, I can't take credit for anything that's happening immediately in in the room. Only what I put down and boarded, which I think we uh, you know talked about on social media. But people, you know, we're talking about wallet chains, jingo jeans. Oh, they've got a whole group. Who's in their group? Okay, well, they were always going to be cactus. I think they were always cactus themed. But he was going to oh be God. like a you know like a cactus zoot suit kind of guy. You know, like who, uh, who? Which one of you monsters is responsible for the cutaway gag of the bed being tucked in at the old? That's me. Home? That's me. Yeah. Wow. And I'm surprised I got away with it. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, I I have no idea how the crew felt about it, but I was always putting in the darkest possible thing I could. And I don't know if it was right for the show, but I just was like, I'm trying to make. Oh man. It it is right for the show. It is right for the show. I, I, I think about this. I was, 
doing some reading about the Don Bluth movies and and you know mm-hmm. those movies are scary. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like I and think... they don't all hold up. They're fantastically crafted. But from a story perspective, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Don't you can't tell me that <laughs> I, I haven't watched it. Some of them do. Some of them do really hold up. Like, does, like, does all dogs go to heaven hold up? That one's a little more difficult. I love it, frankly. Terrifying but it, it goes it goes some weird places. But it like, goes um, some weird places. Land before time the, holds up. And here's the thing. goes west holds up. I'm wondering if the youth are getting robbed of something by their kids' media not being scary. They definitely are. Like everything's and kind I, of bumper. I have cars. a personal vendetta against that and i have tried again and again in ko and in my own show to make things you have to kind of hide it but i try to put you know you just you have to play ball with s p if it's overt and it's imitatable that's the rule if it's imitatable you can't do it and i understand that as a parent Uh, i don't want my kid to watch something terrifying and recreate it because then i'm responsible for that never thought of it like that but you can still show children things that are fantastical and otherworldly and open their mind and create a memorable experience for them that generates a moment of tension and then release that gives them that sort of triumphant moment, the moments that we had in Weird Kids. You think about, this is more of a Gen X thing, but even Goonies, that's a wild movie. If you they are put down up a paper, storm in that movie. They're cussing up a storm in that movie. It's also like the last sort of anti-corporate <laughs> movie. Like the bad guy's a real estate developer. So oh, I forgot. I didn't. I forgot about that. That's absolutely the case. But so but with I, your cutaway, I, I like I that push for that. It, it's you, more, you know, it's not overt. Maybe he just went to the bathroom. Oh, oh. S and P could not argue, but for is those that, and that's is that what is that what like the parents are being like and like yeah he's 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 just he's just out of the room maybe at, we the the rule with s p is unless people write no fooling physical letters then it's okay and so what's s p s p is standards and practices so those are the network sensors it's a nice way of saying the sensor but they're the reason you know we have them is because if you fuck up then you could lose ad sales and the entire business model of television is selling ads and so if for some reason a letter writing campaign gets started about something you did then Charmin doesn't want to sell toilet paper over your little cartoon so you gotta play it's that's the way that business model works and streaming slightly different so I don't know I don't know they have it too they just streaming has S&P too because they release internationally and they put their stuff on television but television is just more traditional we just talked to Justin Wang, who has a YouTube channel, a screamingly mm-hmm. successful YouTube channel. And with all the big YouTube content creators, suddenly YouTube's got these very draconian rules where it's like, you can't swear in the first well, it eventually seconds. Became cable, yeah. You can't say this. You can't say this. Yeah. And it's like a lot of these content creators are confused because it's like anyone tuning into this knows what the deal is. No one's going to be like, oh, he swore. I'm not going to buy Lay's potato chips now. I wish I uh, felt any sympathy for them. I'm just like, welcome to my world. Mm. Like, here, here you are. <laughs> Guess what? Everything inevitably becomes, <laughs> you know how every animal like inevitably evolves into a crab. Every streaming service inevitably becomes cable. Like everyone eventually ends up with a uh, an agency. The agency because I work in I I live in L A. Where are you? I'm outside of L A. I don't want to disclose for any. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's weirdos who may decide to show up at my door. But yeah, I'm in in the L A. area in the in yeah. the Inland Empire. I worked in post production for years, and it was always mm. like. You'd send stuff to the agency and the agency would get back to you and be like, like, yeah, you know, it's it's like purple, but it's not purple. Can you do uh, like a purple? I'm gonna choke. 
I can't stand it. And no. you're like, and you're like, and you're like, okay, you're like, okay, so it's 1 a.m. And you're telling me this isn't going mm. to client unless we figure out purple. Okay. Just tell me what you want, man. Please. You're just begging them. It's like being at a drive-thru and you're like, dude, if you're going to reduce me to a cashier, please, <laughs> please just say you want the number three with hey, fries and a Coke. Circling back on that purple thing. I just yeah. was hoping we could touch base. <laughs> maybe get a real shade down. So, uh, but I've never had to field notes on like a script or anything. That's never yes, been this, in my bag. And weirdly, I don't think we got a lot of notes on this one. And we definitely didn't get a note on that gag, obviously, because you're able to see it. For those who haven't seen it, what happens is KO is calling, going through the Rolodex of his mom's old villains. He calls them one by one. They don't answer for different reasons. I think the first one, who I think Jonathan Davis also plays, who goes, I'm a coming, I'm a coming, can't reach the phone in time because he's using a walker. The second one, KO calls a hospital. The phone keeps ringing. No one answers it. And we cut to an empty hospital bed being made up by like a nurse with a very sad face. So the implication is silent. It's dead. Yeah. No music. (laughs) It's a, it's a great gag. Yeah. I I think in the pitch, I feel like either people didn't like it or, or they were just like that. Wow. That's never going to fly. I feel like they were just didn't want to, but I, I, I was just like, I really don't care how anybody reacts to this. I find it personally so funny and seeing how many people are just like, that joke rules. It does like, rule. Yeah, it does rule. Makes me happy. So because you should be able to trust kids with that. Yeah, and whether they get it or not, they understand. Like, oh yeah, some of these villains are so old that they died. Like that's, and we're you know doing the new metal thing too. So well, coming back around to how we you know got got there. So we were spitballing. You know, like oh, it's new metal. It's this stuff. Hey, maybe we could cast somebody. And I feel like. There was a list of people to cast. Jonathan Davis was first on the list. And I'm pretty sure he said yes fairly soon. And the angle was that his you know kid liked Cartoon Network shows. It was as simple as that. I would like to know who was number two. I honestly cannot remember. I don't want to talk out of turn. But if I had to guess, it was if I had to guess, the list was not more complicated than like, you know, if we couldn't get Jonathan Davis, then we'd go for Fred Durst. You know what I mean? Like, that's JD, the obvious. JD's a big old kid. I'm sure he he I'm sure he got the offer and was like, yes, he. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it didn't take much. And from the, I feel like he did that while we were starting boards. And once we heard that, like, he's in, we were already started. And then we went hard on the corn. Yeah. As you could tell, like there's plenty of references to all sorts of stuff, especially in that sequence that 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 I did towards the end with all this sort of battle scene. Um, and we smattered it with as, as much as we could from the era. We could there's obviously only so much we can do, but pretty much every line that that villain says, succulentus or whatever, uh comes from you know, new metal bands. So it's I can't remember them all, but there's a wonderful video by Swallowed by Beats on YouTube. It's got like half a million views. You guys can look it up. We had a little bit of Lincoln Park. We had Corn. I think we had some. Uh, you had Stained, stained in there. at the very it looks end. Like, it looks like the uh, OKKO OK fandom missed the Stain one. So well, it's got- real subtle. It's real. I mean, it's not. It's you know what? And I want to say something real quick before I because I talk about you know writing and boarding that section, but I'm pretty sure I feel almost certain that Dave Allegre who was board artist right on the show that we did the first pitch. And I feel certain I did the, you know, I did coffee would we did something like, Oh, are you tired? I had some line there. And I, I positive that David Allegra said, it's been a while. And I go, fuck. Yeah. He immediately went, it's been a while. And I went, ah, that's it. I go, that's it. I didn't even entertain another pitch. Everyone was, everyone in the room who didn't even work on it 
was excited about this episode because a lot of us were just from that era. And that really carries through. Like, like even mm. the references, like, like I'll, I'll always tell people that I'm like, I hate like the chop suey jokes about like, you know, oh, what is he? Oh, wake up. Grab a put a little makeup. I'm, I, I know. I know. Easy. But the, 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 your heart like carries through in this one. And I can feel you guys all in that room just like laughing and tossing around these ideas. And it's really mm. plus plus that is it is funnier to have them doing a back and forth. Like none of the gags in here, I would say, are like one note because mm. like they're he like I think that a lesser. OK, well, I'm, I'll cut out the lesser part. But here, let me give you an example. So there's this other show on Adult Swim called Royal Crackers. You mm. seen any of this? I probably know a bunch of the people that work on it. So all I can say is that it's great and you should watch it. Yes. But go ahead. I, I agree. In the first episode, and I only got to see this clip because obviously everyone sent it to me, but there's this character in there that wears a backwards red hat and he's like the lame new metal uncle guy. And he, mm. he's, he's pitching to a kid. He's, he's, he's like pitching to, to his grand, uh, his nephew or something like that. And he's like, he's mm. like, so what are you guys into these days in Limp Bizkit? System of Down? Seven Dust? Raging Against the Machine? And he's just, he literally just sits right That's there. Small list them all and i'm thinking and i'm like i'm like okay this is cool i enjoy hearing seven dust's name on national tv but it felt like someone's like jingling keys you know like ah you know these bands yeah whereas with this one it's like there's way it's way more involved there's action there's cuts i i really my favorite joke actually is when his grandson slams on the car horn and he goes what is the matter with you That's i like that one right. i like I that, one. that i think that was ryan's gag but I, I remember coming up with Gampy. For some reason, I was like, well, if he's a retired new metal guy, he probably I has a nice... I love Gampy. And then Ryan was like, as the same. She was like, I love Gampy. I'm going to make him say it a million times. Oh, <laughs> so man. she took the next section. I was like, okay, lean in. But all I knew is that I wanted to call him uh, Gampy and that he was just hanging out with his grandkids like by a poolside property in New Mexico. Like He didn't give a shit about whatever this situation was. And, you know, KO pushed it and he's like, all right, I got to show up. And then, you know, added the bit about, can you drive? And I'm surprised they let us do that. I'm really surprised they let a kid. Oh, yeah. Drive the car. They, hey, they let the us heck? do a lot. Yeah. I don't know. The, the S&P was not paying attention or maybe they had other stuff. But um, yeah, I, just further to your point. Yeah. That, there was even a line in the original uh outline that was like were we this lame six to eleven years ago something like this it's in there it makes it well she we changed it because we were like that's not fair we're like that's not fair we so we changed it to where we like this like this six to eleven years ago because lame is is kind of a judgment call and we didn't really feel that as we were making it despite that being the obvious intention that this is this is old and by today's standards it's you know strange it's not it's not the world of today and I don't recognize it. So it must be strange, but we didn't want to make that kind of judgment call. Although to be fair, again, that line was a relic of the outline and he was going to be a 1920s zoot suit guy or, or some shit like, so, but I appreciate it wasn't going to make it either way, I, but I'm I, saying we I, made sure every step of the way that this was not an, ins an insulting, uh, you know, parody, which is incredible. Cause in 2017, you could have got away with that. No problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't I, like I I know you probably weren't in touch with maybe the broader music culture, but like mm -hmm. even I was not up on it. I was trying to convince myself I liked emo, I liked emo. in 2017. Yeah, it was the shit that <laughs> was, was around. Like, oh, my God, buddy. That was around that was, when I was in high school. That was no, like I know. But 20, 
2017 was when the emo industrial emo nostalgia industrial complex was becoming this really big <laughs> the emo wave. industrial complex i'll tell you the story that i told in nothing nowhere uh i found myself at one of the big emo night events out here in la uh, mm -hmm. it was called like emo night day or something and there's this guy i don't remember who he was at all he's up there with an acoustic guitar and he says i don't know about you guys but i'll always be an emo kid and i was like oh no 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 i'm not I'm like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this, like, remember the days type thing. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm out. I'm out. And he, and then he, like, leads everyone through, like, a, a like a campfire youth group sing along of just, like, the there choruses of a Whoa. bunch of new metal songs. I, I mean, of a bunch of emo songs. No. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like that, like, reflexive. There was a little dovetail, though. There were, like, new metal slowly came. It sort of became, you know, I feel like Evanescence was the ne nexus point where it sort of flipped over and, you know, you make a, a smooth transition to stuff that I'd, I was totally fully right. done list, fully done listening to by that point and moved into just like, I give up on all of this. It, you have other concerns once you're leaving high school. You're like, I don't have time to be involved. Like I, you know, my sister was in a band and I do roadie stuff for her and I had friends in a band. I load their gear, go to their shows, fully immersed in that, you know, kind of thing. But once, you know, it's art school and college time, I'm like, bye. I'm like, I don't have time for this shit anymore. But it is cool. I feel like you were ahead of the, I think you were way ahead of the curve to just treat it with some love and care. And and plus, like, the fact of the matter is, and I never, mm -hmm. I never deny this from mm -hmm. anyone, is it's a funny-ass genre. Very funny. It's very mm -hmm. fun to make fun of. It's easy to make fun of. And you got to well, lean into it, that. It you got to lean into that. It's it lends part of itself it. to it. it. It never took yeah. itself seriously. Goofy-ass so, genre. Yeah. The, I mean... Yeah, I don't think anybody would would necessarily disagree with that. It leaned into it, and that's part of what we liked about it growing up. We liked that it. They was were cool. leaning into it at yeah. the time. They were yeah. making all in the family. They're making diss tracks about each other. Mm -hmm. They had big, you know, these crazy stage spectacles or wearing makeup. It's like I think it was always thing, funny. The, the other thing to remember, and I'm speaking purely from someone who grew up with it, is the. And there's a larger conversation to be had here, and we'll get back to the show. I want to say one more thing, and then I'll, I'll go back into this. Before I forget, I want I want to attribute that respect and care not just to us on the crew, but but also to you know Ian Jones Cordy and his uh, you know co-executive producer Toby Jones on that show. They very much had a central ethos of you know, hey, let's not mock if we don't have to. It's not worth it. What does that really get us? Because you know. It, it's easy to do, especially when you're making comedy and cartoons of any kind. And, and it's not that anybody's necessarily against it, but I think they wanted to specifically chart a course where, you know, I think kids use the phrase, phrase cringe is dead or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. I get that. I understand that. Um, so I think that was the idea. It was, it was a show about, you know, embracing all the things that make you weirdly you. That's what the show is ultimately about because everybody is a, wildly different hero right and so they have all these insecurities and things and they work through it and they become friends and they're teen it's very teen stuff and so if the show could be a soft landing pad for people especially younger people who are also finding themselves then the greatest service you can do them is saying hey when you watch this you're never going to see you being made fun of because we don't make fun so i think and it was kind of a, a, a an ethos that they had that even if they weren't explicitly like you know, beating us over the head with it. They led by example. I think they did a really good job. And I think it's, you know, speaks volumes to, uh, you know, what they wanted to accomplish uh, with this show. Uh, so real quick, now let me go back to this other thing I wanted to say. 
in terms of you know um new metal making fun of itself and that sort of thing where it never took itself seriously i grew up in that era me and my friends listened to that shit religiously and the other thing you have to remember is that it came around the same time the south park did so edge was very very important and it was you know about swearing and saying whatever was the most shocking thing possible but also just about being funny being unabashedly ridiculously funny stuff that probably doesn't pass for funny now but we were coming out of the end of a kind of strange you know the 80s was this fucking reagan neocon uh just disgusting 1950s nostalgia era where everyone was wearing polos and talking about i want the new mick dlt like what the fuck we came out of that and mentos commercials into like neon bright shit flying at your face and you just feel, feel kind of insulted about it so the first person to come out you know i imagine fred durst sliding into the ring and smashing a fucking chair over the hamburglar's head and we went yay no matter the cost now i look back and i'm like i'm seeing the cost of this like i'm like maybe some some of us leaned in a little too far into the uh let's get violent and weird part of this but it was refreshing and a change of pace to hear from specifically again the big two for you know at least me and my friend group were you know Lint biscuit and corn those were the two you know that's the mario and luigi of the new metal verse and then you spin out from there and find what it is that you know you like and i think that what makes new metal more more impactful over a longer stretch of time than like say grunge which was around the same time is like all the mm -hmm. grunge dudes were these like tortured souls whereas like the mm -hmm. new metal dudes were like relatively well-adjusted guys <laughs> not, not like the most mega talented but they had a lot of passion and drive and yeah. i think that's easier to relate to because it's like i can't be a tortured soul you know, it's it's like you gotta you gotta live that. You can't just be a tortured soul. But I can work hard. I can work they, hard. They absolutely tapped into something. They absolutely tapped into something. And I am not a smart enough dude to to to, to really uh, talk about it with any sort of uh, I don't know, like pointed um, critique or philosophy. I, I couldn't tell you. But all I know is that like that Woodstock '99 documentary did a great job, sort of talking about the rise of new metal and fred durst single-handedly destroyed that concert and it was beautiful no, he you didn't. have these people we oh, watched no. different documentaries hold on no no i i don't mean it, it was not i'm not saying when i say destroy i mean in, in a positive way okay okay gotcha this is what this is where I'm, this is where i'm going you had days full of people being taken advantage of by frankly I want to say like if not at, at best thoughtless and at worst like malicious boomers <laughs> who were just like i got mine and and i did woodstock and blah 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 and free love but now uh i'm a millionaire and we're gonna do this and fuck these kids water costs five dollars uh there's nowhere did you just sleep. say there's five no i have so i can't remember what we, we talked to a band that was it worse Woodstock 99 they were like bro water was 14 dollars oh my god which is like which is insane because you wouldn't put up with that now no 14 dollars well, in 1999 i thought i was exaggerating by saying five dollars so there you go so you have an entire weekend whatever it was and it's really hot too it's on a tarmac to... you're on pavement they were on pavement right it was like a former military yeah like it was like a fort or some shit 
So people are getting angry and they know they're being taken advantage of. And then you have Fred Durst, who's the voice of a generation of, you know, angry ass guys, angry, especially guys. That's another topic. Uh, But yeah, an entire generation of people who feel like, hey, I think uh, like I can just kind of tell we're not going to get whatever's being promised to us. (laughs) I can tell right now, like you guys have made it clear immediately. I mean, we're and we're all living that currently. But like, yeah, he tore that. <laughs> I don't even think he meant to. He's just like, we're going to have a good show. But the well, crowd sped into that and tore that shit down. And I'm well, saying that's also indicative of, of you know, I think that was also an, uh, an, that wasn't just that concert. There was a national feeling of, what was the song? Break shit. Yeah, and that's really, that's really the raw deal that Limp Bizkit was, was dealt with that one. Is it's like, yes, you booked the Break Stuff band. They played Break Stuff. Yeah. Oop, I don't know. Oops, sorry. Could've... And they that was great. Yes. That, you see that footage awesome. and you're like, that's what music is about. But I think that well, a, a mass of people into a gigantic violent tumor. That's what it's yes. all about. You did yes. it. But um, I die, I digress, you digress, we digress. Yeah. Did you get to work with JD on the episode? Yes. Yeah, so going into that, you know, you know, we write it, we board it, and then comes time for the record, and the board artist can't always make it, but I was intent i don't think uh you know my partner was able to go but i went and it was amazing and he was it's a fantastic record I, if i'm not i can't try to remember if i did voices in that episode i don't think i did I, I was there for another record too sometimes i did voices in the show but i think i was there i had to watch him and you know help behind you know we couldn't hear me so it's off mic but be like let's try this let's try that and then the showrunners are doing that too but you know, obviously he had sort of skimmed the script, but you could see on his face him starting to understand <laughs> what we were doing. Oh, as really? He read it, and so he was like, um, "I'm trying to remember the exact line where it happened. I have the video up here, but it was one of the first ones. I think it was. Well, he knew. Are you ready? Obviously, he was like, "Oh, you want the? Are you ready? But I think it was. Oh, I, I want to see you t- try to take a swing at me. That's where he was like, oh, wait, wait. He's like, I want to see you try to take a swing at me. I want to see you. Try-. He did it a couple times. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I didn't even have to tell him. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I want to see you try to take a swing at me. I'm like, that's it. That's the one he goes. Okay. I was, he I was it, just. He, a- he was being so chill about it, but you could see a tiniest smirk on his face where he's like, that's right, motherfucker. You got I was, I was going to ask like, who was there any like push to get him to like two thirds sing that line? Cause it's like it's it's to me it's like I couldn't imagine Jonathan nah, reading that came, and not. He came in and he came in and pulled punches so that he could get the reaction he wanted. That's my best guess. Or he just was like, "Oh, oh no, I, it's a lyric." Okay, hang on. And I there think was it's no, funny. Yeah, there was no. We didn't have to pull that out of him at all. He was totally game to do that. I also think it's funny to hear him drop references to like System of a Down in Lincoln Park. I almost said the stupidest thing. I almost said like because he doesn't really cross paths with those bands that often. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. dude, he definitely crossed paths with Lincoln Park. Okay, like, mm-hmm. shut up. But I don't remember if he was ever like into Disturbed or System. So it's funny to like. It's funny to hear him. He had no issue with it. It's funny to hear him like like almost literally the father of the genre kind of take all of it in at once and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, let's do a little. You know, let's poke a little fun at this. Yeah, he was not sensitive about any of it. He absolutely got it. 
and it was so super kind and i'm still i'm still stoked on the whole you know the scat bit bloom cactus bloom because it kind of sounds i remember writing it totally does i remember writing it and i thought this is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever put down bloom cactus bloom Bloom in the plaza in the plaza i'm like what the hear it once you never get it out of your head but he probably sing it like that sometimes he yeah, he knew it. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. I can't believe he's doing this. And, you know, I would say many musicians, many celebrities, anybody could have said, hey, because I did X, Y, and Z, you do have to license the song and you do have to do this. Oh, that's that. a good point. I didn't None of that, that shit. None of that. He was a total hero, an absolute hero, because he just wanted to come in and have some fun. And I feel like he came back and even did a line in maybe another episode here, here or there. If this character maybe had a cameo, really? Like, well, I now I am. I, I really can't remember. I already, I already wanted to watch the show, but now I now I really it want wouldn't to watch be, the show. It, it definitely would not have been a big part. It might have been a small cameo, but and I still think you should check out the show. But yeah, he he definitely had a great time. I remember him talking about his horses. That's what he was super into. Like oh, that's DJing. awesome! I didn't even know that. His, I don't know if he still owns horses. horses like yeehaw. Yeah, horses. He owns horses or he did own horses. I don't know if he does anymore, but he's like, yeah, this horse. Yeah, I got to go check on this horse. Sorry, guys. Okay. My horse. And I'm so, like, oh, that's right. You're a rich, successful producer. You own so horses. Another thing <laughs> that I, I think is very endearing and really ch- carries through the years about new metal was that new metal is sort of like a post. They're rock stars, but it's sort of like post rock star in a way, because what what the yeah. what a lot of the new metal bands were made up of and their lead singers was that they were professionals. They were mm. they were networkers. They were industry people. Corn signs orgy to elementary, and 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 then mm-hmm. Fred Durst goes starts his own imprint and and is working at Interscope and like mm. Lincoln Park are signing off on their marketing materials and lending sketches and stuff. Like these guys were professionals. It wasn't like the you know like the rock stars of the eighties where it's just like I'm Axl Rose. That's my yeah. job. Like I'm, I'm Axl Rose. Fuck you. I'm gonna do whatever I want, and yeah. you're gonna clean up my mess. The 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 new metal guys were more of the like the like, hey, how are you doing? Good to meet you. Knowing like you know these connections that I make, these people are gonna remember me, and I mm-hmm. should do right by these people. And I think that that I don't like none of these guys have like ever. I don't none of these guys turned around and just became assholes. Like you know who tried to do that was uh Wes Scanlon from Puddle of Mud. Was he gave he so, gave it a so familiar i'm trying to remember which, which one was i'm thinking of west borland no west borland's a sweetheart west I'm, thinking, I'm i'm talking about everything like, so blurry everyone's so fake she hates me la 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 love but he tried to do he was and he was signed to fred durst's label mm. for a while but he tried to do the whole rock star thing and went to jail a bunch of times because it's the 2000s now yeah record, man, label ain't, record label ain't bailing you out bro yeah no that that world is gone uh and it's we're even further from it now like probably you better a good have thing. you better probably have your a good shit. thing no i think so it's it's accountability right but it's like like it's yeah, nice it blows to not my have... it blows my mind when anyone's like i'll just do this there's no such thing as a digital footprint or or, yes, or yeah, yeah yeah no we we're looking right at you like uh, it's really <laughs> nice to not have any of my new metal guys embroiled in scandals that's true. I really like, can't think of one current. I'm sure I'm I'm ooh, blanking on something, but most of them have like aged ooh, gracefully. Wee. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, we're we're it was that magical period right after the unaccountable 80s and right before the Wild West internet, where all these guys are just kind of like mm-hmm. playing it straight. Playing it straight. And I love that for them. But mm. I'm glad that this was a good time. So when did the show get canceled? 
Well, I think I know this is my death cutaway gag. That's fine. I <laughs> so anyway, canceled. Well, fortunately, I was gone by that point working on my own show. Um, but so my my lore here is not going to be totally straight. You know, they were moving into a season two. I had left at the beginning of that. They were completed it. And then I think as they were moving into season three, you know, there's a little bit of a shakeup. And I, I really couldn't tell you why this happened, but they at least got, I wouldn't say they were canceled either. They were canceled when, they, when you're on the air and they just take you off. That's canceled. They were allowed to end the show. So that's called oh, not, okay. Okay. Not, re- not renewed is the fancy word. See, and I know that's true because I'm getting a little emotional even looking at it. The last episode of the show is called Thank You for Watching the Show, yeah. which is the sweetest thing ever. So it's in a, a reference to the uh, song during the credits that's sung by uh, Rebecca Sugar of, of Steven Universe. She sings that beautiful song that's sort of a reference to animation, too. She says, every second that you see is 24 connected pieces. Thank you for coming. Thank you for staying. Thank you for watching the show. A reference to, you know, 24 frames a second. Frames in animation. Second, yeah. So again, the, the whole show is a love letter to creativity and animation. And uh, they were sort of told, eh, wrap it up. And they had, all that I know is that they had plans to go well into like a season five or something and really make sure that there was a complete, there was a continuing story and lots of lore, but they wanted to really do it justice space it out have the heroes come into their own naturally um and sort of complete uh you know tie together all these story threads they had laid down and then all of a sudden you know in the middle of making season three they get they get told yeah wrap it up and they're like oh so when you watch the last few episodes you're gonna notice oh shit this is moving way too fast and they kind of make a little bit of a joke out of it it's almost like the characters are being told wrap it up and they're like ooh, and they gotta get a little bit of a jump they're like all right uh well ko you know uh I gotta, t- I gotta tell you a mind-shattering revelation. What? Why would you tell me this right now? It's just like uh, because we're running out of episodes. Basically, that's good. I'm glad they were able to lean into it. <laughs> they were, but I, I still don't think they're. I mean, they definitely weren't. So they weren't thrilled. No. Way. But I think the finale came out great. It's very heartfelt, and uh, you know, they were, they were. The the message remains the same despite you know the lack of their preferred execution. The message is the same, and that's to you know. Embrace yourself, embrace creativity and your friends, uh, and, and you'll be golden. That's just about that's it's it's fairly simple stuff, but it's all wrapped in, you know, as much fun as as you could possibly have in this sort of slice of life with these teen friends. So uh, if you ever get a chance, listeners, check it out. It's a really fun show. But yeah, again, I, I can't speak to why any of these decisions were made. They just get made and it's at least they were able to, I can say, wrap it up, not in their own way, but uh i think uh that that's about the size of it and then of course a couple years later more mergers and shakeups and all sorts of stuff and again i don't know why this either but fully removed from streaming which makes no sense to me i can i can only understand it as like a disney vault thing and maybe they're just going to hold it back and relaunch it. i'm going through the the article now and it looks like it was removed along with 36 other shows such as uncle grandpa Infinity Train, yep. Tension Adventure, about last night. And I, I do think it feels like they might owe perpetuity on some of these shows, maybe. Like, is there a licensing fee? That, I don't know if you'd know, but I, I feel like there's a money-saving deal here. It wouldn't be... It- it would be so minuscule. The most they'd have to pay is is uh, royalties to voice actors, and it's a pittance, because that's based on number of views. 
and uh, pays for itself as far as I'm concerned. Like it's, it's not even pennies, it's fractions of pennies. So that's why, you know, everybody who's involved in this is like, we don't understand why you would do this. If I'm reading uh, this correctly, there was there was an earnings call around that year, and it looks like they said mm -hmm. something along lines of, "Well, HBO's for adults and not really skews towards kids, so we didn't want to pursue that." And then we axed it, which it's like, which is like you could just leave it on there, asshole. They still have their Cartoon Network section. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't really speak to that at all. I could just because I, I don't know. I have no idea. So, I, but I think it's compelling because but you could still, to be fair, you could still purchase the show online. They haven't. And it looks it like it's on Hulu. It looks like it's on oh, Hulu. it's still on Hulu. That's great. Yeah, Hulu. I I feel like some things got removed on Hulu, but that one's still on there. That's great. So what yeah, I think is what I think is troubling that. about the streaming thing in a, in a way that other things are. So when pe when things get canceled and people kind of have a little sort of meltdown about it on on Twitter, I always think to myself like, you know, this is how mm. it's always gone. Shows mm. get canceled. Happens. However, you could rely on certain shows from back mm. in the day making it to like DVD. Is there yeah. like an OKKO DVD? Can I buy oddly, the show? Oddly, I think they made one mishmash collection. I don't know if it's widely available anymore. I have right. no idea. So I think that that's what's different now in a yeah, way at, that I at Target I, at Target you can get one for ten bucks. Um, it's probably out of stock. If I click on it, let's see. Hang on. Nah, add to cart. 10 bucks but it's it's not like in order it's kind of a weird mishmash and it's definitely not all the episodes so i feel like it was this weird kind of we're going to test the waters but a lot of your other favorite stuff like no there's no well that to me is problematic in a way that does need actual addressing because mm -hmm. before you could always rely on heading down to the store and, and at least finding a dvd copy of the show you like whereas yeah. now it's like if every streaming service goes goodbye all at once i hope you know how torrents work because that's that's and, all you got, and, and you better hope that somebody else has the file that you. Yeah, want. yeah, that too. Because so, I was, I mean, because yeah. because when I had to like when I wanted to make my cut, my cut, my select of your episode mm -hmm. to post, I had to ask around. I had to track it down. I had to find this MP4 mm -hmm. file to do it, and it took some time. Which is like you know, good. We don't mm -hmm. want you to pirate our show, but at the same time, if that show gets wiped out, you don't want it gone forever. There's no, there's no historical evidence of it ever having existed. It's just yeah, we gone. all got no just... firsthand evidence. It's just gone. There's a Wikipedia article, maybe. So yeah, there's... It, there's a real push for that in in gaming and in animation and in every other sort of you know digital. I hate saying this word content field yuck uh to uh you know preserve preserve this stuff you know there's a fantastic video that gerard the completionist did about um preserving everything that was on the 3ds and wii u eShop before right. it closed down deal, fantastic video where it's like yeah. where it's like how you know just just gone people like that that's how uh, there's people out there who are like don't worry we're going to archive this stuff and uh, bless them for doing that Absolutely. it's it's th it's thankless work and i think it's also uh you know in a in a kind of odd legal gray area that i think you don't want to be so anybody who's willing to put themselves in that kind of uh well the, precarious the, situation you'll probably be fine i don't think well, most people care but it's still you know it's it's thankless. It is a thankless job to do that. Well, what I want to do now, I just, I had this idea while we were on here is I want to stream this on my Twitch on Mother's mm -hmm. Day. I think that would be awesome. Great uh, idea. I can't get in touch with the creator because his DMs aren't open. But that's smart for him. Ain't it though? Ain't it though to keep 
to keep weirdos like me out. <laughs> but but I, I I I'm having trouble to imagine him serving me a cease and desist about it. And um, no, he would. He definitely wouldn't. I think I might, think might jump you, on. I think if you tweeted him about it, he would he would definitely find that interesting. He's just a busy dude. Really yeah. busy. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We all. I am too. I but was just I'm about also to very say, passionate about new metal. And I, and I got to tell you, I appreciate you getting back to me and making it because I, I really love chatting with you. And I think that we can. Yeah, we can. We can wrap that up. I mean, you've got kids. I've got sure. a kid. I've got, but you I've, know got what? I've got overnight oats in the fridge. <laughs> we all have our plans. I'm trying to remember if there's if there's anything else, but there is definitely something I, I want to leave you with. Maybe you've talked about it before, but um yeah, no, it, it was a blast to make that episode. And there, there's obviously like a little bit more to it. But working with Jonathan Davis was great. He was so, so kind. And we all had, you know, put so much uh, love into that episode. And, and it came from a very personal place. So I'm glad that, you know, new metal fans have embraced it and like it. And the one thing that I'd like to leave you all with is, uh, I'm sure you see it floating around time from time. And I'm going to butcher it, but it's this Brian Eno quote about you know the things that you find you know ugly or distasteful about you know an art form at the time will eventually become its trademark yeah and you'll you'll and and years from now you'll be hungry for it and i think new metal is in that place now there's an entirely new audience so yeah have no fear before we wrap i would like for you to tell the people though where they can find you now well, you know, uh, I'm in the, the streets wearing a barrel. No, <laughs> that's where they can find me. No, I'm going to post yeah. my address real quick. Yeah, here. Yeah, I'm going to dox myself real quick. <laughs> can I do a quick dox? Uh, you can find me at Twitter, Parker R. Simmons. That's my name. And if you search uh, Parker Simmons Animation on YouTube, you can find some videos there. You can search on Newgrounds, TikTok. Yeah, just put my name in. You'll find Newgrounds. It. Yeah, You're a Newgrounds is, kid? I, yeah, yeah. I'm oh. from Newgrounds. That's where I'm oh. from. I'm from. Well, I'm the my claim to fame on Newgrounds was the Doctor Mario with lyrics video. That's oh, me, guys. God. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a surprise it. episode yeah. happening <laughs> starting right now. Because uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you what, buddy. For real, I will reach out to you again when we do the Newgrounds episode because Newgrounds. I've got plenty to say. I ain't gonna drag you down through it now. But when I get in touch with Tom, <laughs> when I get when I get in touch with, I'm Tom sure Paul, he'd be happy to do it. Tom Folks a great guy. So still at it, still at it. Newgrounds is still kicking. Still thank kicking. you, guy, and thank you, God, for that. Whew, any any time YouTube slips, Newgrounds is just standing there with a switchblade, just like ooh, slip a little They're bit more. They're coming back. They're coming back. All right, man. I'm gonna let you go though, but thank you so no much problem. for joining me. To My everyone, pleasure. Thank you for having me. To everyone listening at home, thanks for listening in. Stay tuned for season three, and make sure to check out OKKO OK wherever you can legally do it. Peace. <laughs>